0: (laughs) Welcome everybody. Welcome. Um, Today we have Manuela and Alex on the podcast. You guys um, came to the Reconnect event last Tuesday for Social Dilemma screening and it was a really interesting event. It was more of a tight squad and um, it started a lot of conversation surrounding like our everyday experiences with social media and how it affects our daily lives because of the documentary and all the information that it like kind of taught us and educated us on and um, Afterwards, we ended up just absolutely spiraling into this epic conversation about like just like grounding in the earth and like needing to experience nature to like have a healthy like body and life and um, Yeah, so you guys are both um,
1: Environmental studies majors, right?
0: So yeah, that's pretty sweet and uh, I'm sure that'll play into our conversation today Um, but to start off, I wanted to kind of like ask you guys, what was the main thing that you took away from the social dilemma?
2: I mean, you go for it. (laughs) Okay, for me,
3: I think the main thing I took away was just how ingrained like social media, not even just social media, but just like the internet is ingrained into our lives. And just like how can it can be like a tool as well, but it's also a hindrance, you know? And it's, like, as you were saying at the first ReConnect meeting, that's like, even if you're disconnected from the internet, that doesn't mean everyone else is. So there's still that, like, barrier, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, 100%. And,
2: uh, one thing that I kept thinking about a lot after we had seen it was that quote that you pointed out of, um, like, there's two groups of people that are called users. It's drug users and, like, people who use social media and, like, technology and everything. And it's just, like, the way that they... Literally set it up to make it like this addictive thing. It's not using. It's not there for you to use. It's using you and like using you as a product, which is such a crazy difference than like something as being a tool as something that's like
1: using you and manipulating you and everything. So true. If you want, you can like lift it up to put it closer.
0: Yeah, just get it a little closer to your mouth because it was um, it was, was, was like kind of going in and out, and out a little yeah. bit when you were talking. Is but this is better. Um, wait, wait, just mm, we can see. We'll it. see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll <laughs> see. <what laughs> But, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think one of the things that, like, stood out to me with the whole, like, users and kind of, you said, like, we use it as a tool, but it's also a hindrance would definitely be, like, the fact that Tristan Harris, one of the main, like, people in the documentary, described it as, like, he used the example of, like, a bicycle. Like, when a bicycle was embedded, no one was, like, oh, these dang bicycles, you know, like, these are such a, you know, like, they get us around, but, god, like, these things suck or whatever. Like because a bicycle is just a tool.
1: Bicycles ruining our society. It's <laughs> yeah, ruining exactly. our our political agenda. Right, yeah, nothing like that.
0: Because it's it's a tool. It's specifically used for a purpose, and it sits in your garage and until you want to use it again, like you pick it up and you use it. But with a phone, it's disguised as a tool. But really, there's this entire engineering design process and like supercomputer that is actually like while your phone is sitting in your pocket, just like you know waiting for you to use it. It's actually actively drawing your attention in and actively, like, drawing you away from your life and into some scrolling hole, like, by design, taking advantage of your human psychology, and, like, that is something we all experience and many people don't even know there that is happening to them.
2: Yeah, and it's just the fact that, like, so many people don't even think about it. They just are like, oh, you know, it's your phone, you know, but once you realize and once you, like, after I watched this documentary for the first time, it was, like, I was looking around, and I was like, all these people are always on their phone, like, constantly. It's not even, like, you're using it to, like, do something all the time. Like, it's just constantly being there, like, asking for your attention, using your own psychology against you to try to, like, really get you to use as much of your time as you can. And it's just crazy. Like, once you watch that, and you kind of, like, realize, you start to, like, pick up on, like, how much people are really on their, you know, devices all the time.
3: Yeah. And for sure, I think like what really opened my eyes was when they were talking about like the tagged and like the different aspects of social media, like how even like if someone else you're kind of related to will post a photo, like it'll notify you of that, even though it has nothing to do with like your account or you. It's just going to show you that like, oh, look who's online. So it can get you to like use it more. And I just thought that was insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The design process is, is used like like certain tools are used like when it said about, like, the tagging posts, like, the one of the people who invented tagging posts was, like, being interviewed for the documentary, and they said that, like, as soon as they discovered that feature, they were like, oh, this is going to be great for boosting engagement, because, like, if someone gets a notification that, oh, so-and-so tagged you in this post, there's no way you're not going to click that, because your human psychology is like, oh, my God, I'm in that? Like, what what did they post of me? And then you're going to, like, go to it. And then, like, even... You'll get, ta- you'll get a notification for, like, some stupid shit, like, oh, so-and-so hasn't been on Instagram in a while, like, they post it again. And then it'll, like, cl- like have you go to, like, click on Instagram or whatever through the notification, and then you're stuck on the app again. And the app, well, as soon as you're on the app, you have that supercomputer still trying to, like, draw you in and keep you there and draw you in and keep you there.
1: I was thinking about that, specifically about the app Be
2: Oh yeah, we know yeah. Be real,
1: and the introduction of Be real, I think, to all of us and for th- the people that don't know be Real, is this social media app that kind of came recently, maybe like a year ago, yeah or a little yeah. bit it more blew up a year and and, ago, and, so yeah. and it Around started on. really it started really small. and it was like, oh, only one time a day, you're gonna take a picture and see like so your friends can really see what you're actually doing. yeah, you're whether being you're real. yeah, you're in the car or you're with people, maybe you're traveling, and it's supposed to be this authentic expression of what you're doing. And at first I thought this was a great idea. I don't, it's not that I don't think it is anymore. It's definitely a great um, alternative to mainstream forms of social media. But what I noticed was that after some time there, they do have a notification other than that, you have two minutes to post your B-real. That it's like, oh, this person, this person, this person posted their B-real late. Yeah. And it's kind of getting that notification for engagement Even Mm -hmm. though there is a limit to how much you can Mm -hmm. scroll and how much you can see, it is still kind of like that Instagram vibe where like, oh, there's this engagement notification Mm -hmm. popping up and now I have to come and see it again. So even though it is somewhat of a better, healthier way of looking at it, there is still that notion that like any app that is on your phone that has to do with social interaction wants that engagement no matter what.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, like, I even, like, like, we witnessed kind of, like, how B-Real got hijacked by, like, social media and, like, how we, like, use social media because, like, I started watching people, like, wait to, like, take their b reels until they were doing something, like, cool in the day Mm. instead of, like, doing it at that exact moment. So it's, like, even that got infiltrated by, like, social media and, like, your presence online and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it was, like, crazy.
0: Well, it's because the environment doesn't support it entirely like it's more people are more used to like Well, I have to look cool though like I yeah. can't I can't be just like posting and doing nothing and like Because that's all Instagram is it's all snapchat is it's like let me wait for the time in my day that it looks like I'm doing something cool so I can post something on my snapchat story and that just creates this just like feedback loop of like I'm posting what I think is cool And then whenever you scroll on someone's story you're like look at all this cool stuff everyone's doing really W- with the notion of what B-roll really is, which is, like, I was, like, going to Starbucks, and I got a coffee, but they post this, like, picture across the way f- of this table from, like, their best bud, and they're, like, got their little car- caramel macchiato or whatever, and then they're, like, oh, my God, look at them. They're having such a fun time. It's, like, when people like Most, pe- most yeah. people are watching
1: this in their bed, taking their B-roll from their bed, yeah. like, yeah. I'm right. sorry, I'm, like, here. Mm-hmm. I usually, I, I feel like I take my B-roll a lot when I'm in the car or in my room, just because, like, that's when I check my phone. Yeah. Um, but I was... I had a point.
0: I always take my beer when I'm taking
3: a shit, literally almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> just knows.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Um, and the fact that, I don't know if this was always there, and you can correct me, but I noticed that, like, there's also the X button when you take your B-reel, so you can retake it yeah. to maybe, like, look a little bit better or, like, do a different angle in that, in those two minutes. And I don't know if they always had that, but I thought it was interesting, too. I think
3: they did, but, like, I think it also tells you, like, how many times you retake it, but, like, I've never been able to see, like, how many times someone has, like, retaken the B-reel. I, I see it. It does say, oh, it, it, it does it? say okay. how many, yeah. like, how many times I have been on b in a minute, so I'm not up to the date, like, on everything, but...
2: I just, I feel like it just goes with that notion of, like, even though it's a social media that's supposed to be more of, like, a healthy, or, like, not healthy, but, like, I don't know, like, a different type of social media that's not so toxic, or it's more, like, a real representation of people, it's still having that, like, oh, let's take it at this time, so it looks this way, and it's still that, like, romanticization of, like, someone's life that just, like, perpetuates this, I don't know, like, unattainable standard of, like, beauty, or, like, coolness, or, like, doing these activities, or, like, Having this amazing experiences all the time, like I feel like that just puts so much pressure, especially on people in our generation, of like, yeah. you know, having to feel like we're like not doing enough constantly. Like mm-hmm. we're not enough. We're not enough. We're not enough. Like I should be doing this. I should be going here. Like look what all these people are doing. Like it just constantly feeds that like feeling of like inadequacy. In yeah, so true. there
1: was this point that actually after watching the social dilemma, I remember I brought it up with you guys too, and it was the topic of aesthetic. And how social media has definitely created a platform where aesthetic rules over anything else. And I think it kind of goes. I I don't want to make it a gendered thing, but I do think that people that cater more towards like the feminine aspect do consider like when they when they think of social media as an art form, almost. You know, they consider the aesthetic a lot. I'm thinking about the aesthetic of skate videos too, Mm -hmm. like what you wear in a skate video kind of matters or like skate culture Mm -hmm. definitely that but this whole concept and notion of like appearance Mm -hmm. and romanticizing your life trying to make your life this entire aesthetic with these certain colors and this certain vision when sometimes it's just not like that definitely puts people in this weird paradoxical state of like Mm -hmm. this is my instagram feed and it looks this way but in reality most of my life does not look like this so like who who are you you know your identity could either be this like vision and this desired life or it could be like the one that you have
3: Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really good point like when we're describing social media as kind of like an art form and how we express ourselves like I think like like how would we be able to create like a social media platform and that's like truly authentic like I feel like because you're towing that line like you really can't have a, a platform that you can like be your most authentic self because eventually it's going to get like infiltrated by these like standards and expectations and stuff like that. Yeah, know? it's
1: also how how vulnerable, vulnerable you're willing to be yeah. on the internet. You know, maybe social media. Although we kind of like shit on it for people not being able to be their most authentic selves. How can you expect someone to be so authentic when like millions of people have access? too yeah yeah
0: the environment doesn't breed authenticity yeah. and uh, what i wanted to say on what pia said is um like everyday life isn't glamorous no one's is literally like not even like the movie stars and like you know pop stars like no one's everyday life is glamorous and so like you know for forever people have been trying to escape you know life oh no Sandalbrook Um, And uh, whether it's through like, you know, through reading or through like dreaming or sleeping or, you know, back, 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 back. But like whether it's TV, radio, magazines, whatever, like people try to go somewhere else. And with a movie, it is a fictional place you're going to like some. Oh, man, if only my life was like this girl who has this whole love triangle around her. Or if only my life was like this guy who just, you know, traveled into the woods and said, you know, screw society and just went and camp. Like, if only my life was that. But now we, in our generation, is experiencing that with, you know, movies and stuff too. But like, also with this, with Instagram, where it's marketed like it is someone's life when it's fake and it's not actually someone's life. It's some guy who, you know, his job is to make his life look like it's just... Living in a van and going to Greece and always on the beach and always camping, always traveling. My life is so sick. I make money on social media and I'm always traveling. Like, don't you wish your life was this? But it's all like a marketing scheme to make them more money for social media and for them. And sure, yeah, that would be fun. But like, their everyday life is not glamorous. And there's definitely things that. They could be after that you know we have that they don't you know
1: yeah they definitely sh- don't show that like working on social media means that you're on the clock all the time right yeah like you don't yeah. ever get a break not just because your job is on social media you have to make content and you have to edit if you don't outsource that mm-hmm. and on top of that you're probably a social media user too yeah so definitely. that you can yeah. catch up with the trends and all <laughs> this stuff so it's just like you're perpetually in this state and i think this connects a lot with like the conversations we've been having about being in nature and being outside when you're focused on this all the time you completely detach yourself to like not just nature but your body you know you are so you you are so focused on like the mental that your consciousness like doesn't have a place to be in its body which is why being in nature and embodiment practices are so important especially for our generation because we spend so much time in the mental
0: I mean well it's such a it's such a hard thing for our mind to not like be so upset at or confused by because like like I said the distinction between like a fantasy land and like real life is like we're kind of tricked into thinking that this like you know this idea of this dude in a van or this girl in Greece like it's almost made to seem like it's real and so our brain is like wait that's real oh my god like what the fuck am I doing with my life like that's like you know and then but when you're watching a movie it's like this is great and i'm getting a little escape from my life but like it's not real but instead you're like feeling this jealousy or this comparison to someone else's life but it's not a real life
2: yeah exactly like with movies and like tv shows like people know that that's not actual reality but the thing is like uh, most social media i feel like is just as fictional as that like it's just as unrealistic as that but the thing that changes it is that people don't realize that it's unrealistic people think that it's real like yeah, these people might be doing these things, but is it really this romanticized version of it? No, it's not. Like you know, it's just people doing random things and showing you the best highlighted moment of it that looks yep. the coolest. It mm-hmm, yeah. looks the most like I don't know appealing. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you guys think? I'm I'm assuming that since certain epiphanies that you've had, maybe you've watched a social dilemma before. Ha- did have mm-hmm. you? Yeah. So when did you guys watch that
3: at first? Do you remember? My mom made me watch it. I want to say like a year ago okay ish, yeah okay i've so seen it a few times i think okay. i
2: was like <laughs> i've seen it once or twice like i showed my roommate like i don't know last semester uh, i was like you gotta watch this because like i don't know should we talk about all this stuff with her mm-hmm. and so i was like you'll love this documentary and everything
1: okay so compared to how you were before that maybe maybe think about like high school um to now especially like watching the social dilemma in between how do you think your relationship with social media has changed and I kind of want to add a second question to that. How has being outside changed not just like maybe your life satisfaction, happiness levels, but the way that you connect and the just like the activities you do, the thoughts you have, etc. Okay,
0: so first question. Yeah.
1: The first sorry. <laughs> it's it's a it is a double entendre question, but like the first question is since watching the social dilemma basically, how has your relationship with social media changed? And number two, how has being outside just
0: the first question first okay. just <laughs> just because like if you say both it's just just okay. answer the okay. first first the
2: first question okay so yeah. like how has my idea of social media changed yeah like
1: school, your your relationship so yeah your relationship um, with it
2: well I've been thinking a lot actually about like how my relationship with social media has changed and like evolved over the years and um I just keep thinking back to like high school I would be like on Snapchat like all the time like all night I would just spend hours and hours just like you know, texting people, and I didn't really think it was that bad, because I was, like, well, I'm talking to people, and, like, it's not, like, I'm, like, just scrolling and scrolling, like, you know, I'm texting people, but the thing is, I wasn't really communicating with them, like, I was just saying, like, random things, or, like, little videos, or little filters, or whatever, and it's, like, it's just still that, like, superficial, like, not really connecting with people, and um, I feel like it goes along with the second question, too, because the more time I have spent in nature, like, this semester, especially, like, I've been going out biking we've, we go to the gardens all the time we just like hang out and and it's made me realize like how much joy and like peace and like fulfillment I get from doing things like that and spending time like genuinely with the people that I really love and love to hang out with like it's just it's a such a different feeling of like fulfillment and connection that you can never get when talking to people just online or mm-hmm. just like sharing videos or being like oh this is cool, this is cool or whatever, or just sending pictures, like, it's just, it's such a stark difference, like, it's crazy to me that I never used to go outside all the time with my friends, or like, go do things all the time, like, yeah, we might go, I don't know, I don't even know an example, but, like, the mall, yeah, the movies, yeah, just stuff like that, it's still, like, there's something just so, like, distanced about it, that you, d- you just have this connection when you're in nature with people, like, it's just so, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain. It's just this connection that you can't even explain. Like it's mm. just deeper and like more meaningful than anything else. Yeah.
1: I was I was thinking like the activities that one would do it's like m- just more shallow. You know, yeah. you're doing things for like social reasons, not for connection exactly, reasons. Yeah. And then the the deeper connection, I guess it's more grounded because you're yeah. you're like outside in the in the real world, you know? You're not inside a building where like everything is artificial.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, also on Snapchat it's like it's not like you're just texting people like on iMessage. Like if you were on iMessage, it would be purely a conversation with another person. On Snapchat, it is like you're you're kind of made to look like you're talking to friends, but really it's actually being mediated by that same supercomputer that's trying to keep you on the app, using it more, watching it more. So you're jumping between watching people's stories and swiping up on someone's story and like, am I really actually connecting with this person? No, I'm actually just gaining satisfaction. From like swiping up and having them respond or having someone swipe up on mine or, you know, seeing a picture or having them respond to my picture, seeing that red square, having that satisfaction of like someone snapped me, I'm going to open it. Like it's not a genuine connection. It's actually like, you know, this app, like manipulating your mind and using it more. So
1: have we spoken about how like Snapchat after some time it implemented the news and like the stories and the whole interacting things. It's just for you to stay on the app more. Mm -hmm it's into, like waiting yeah, for the next no. person to snap you you're just like checking the, the news mm-hmm. or yeah some yeah. advice some quiz
3: and like after the movie i think i definitely recognized like the psychological like part of social media because like when you're looking at these interfaces you kind of don't recognize like how the colors play into effect or like the little like confetti that you get when you refresh or like all of these different things but like those are literal like psychological like things trying to elicit something from you like a a dopamine rush like you're essentially trying to get like some kind of feeling from all of these like things on the on snapchat instagram and so like after watching um the social dilemma, I kind of realized like how much I was using like not just social media, but my phone is like a safe space almost like anytime I'm uncomfortable or maybe I'm bored, I would automatically like even if I knew I had no messages or no snaps, I'm like searching, making sure, you know, checking my email, like who checks their email, but you know. And so I was just like realizing how much I was relying on that to kind of save me from these like moments of boredom or awkwardness, as I said, but I've realized how important that those moments are in like our life and how much you can learn from being bored or from being in an uncomfortable situation. Like they're super necessary to not only know more about yourself, but connect with the people around you too.
0: Yeah. And like that, what you're talking about going on your phone, not even to look at something because you got a text, like. Like just going on your phone just to go on your phone is like that slot machine effect that Tristan Harris talked about which is like your phone trains your you know subconscious mind to when you go on your phone when you pick up and you look at the screen and you unlock it and you like it might have something for you and like you don't realize this is even happening it's just happening because the dopamine receptors in your brain are you the same way like you look in a candy store and you're like oh there's going to be some sort of tasty treat for my brain (laughs) dopamine centers to be enjoyed with like sugar. It's the same thing with like, and sugar is the most addictive thing in the world. And so like pulling your phone out and looking at it is like, you might get a, dopamine rush and you don't even realize that's what you're actually after but like that notification that red circle with the number like that is what you're like your brain is like craving and like it's just subconscious and on instinct at this point because your brain is is trained that it's going to get dopamine
1: it's our body too our body our body can be programmed can be hijacked into so many things because like you know at some point you know where all the apps on your phone are so your thumb yeah. just beep,
3: beep, 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 it goes even to texting it. too like you memorize the keyboard mm. and you don't even have to look at the keyboard to text anymore like yeah
1: <laughs> yeah oh goodness me <laughs>
3: i remember <laughs> i moved the outlook app because
1: because i don't have social media on my phone anymore i'm like addicted to my mail it's so crazy so really? like that's y- what Tristan Harris said
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. so yeah. like
1: i'd just like be checking in my mail all the time but it's like why do i need to check my mail like fucking hundred times a day exactly i can check four times and i'll be fine but it's because my my thumb it's like oh i need some stimulation Mm -hmm, for my brain boom go to the app so i deleted it from my home screen and then the iphone now has like the app library so i have to like scroll to get to the app library but now my thumb is used to that too so yeah it's like
3: yeah i I experienced the same thing because like i would have these periods where i'd be like i'm going on a social media cleanse and like i delete it but then i would like fall victim to like the random apps on my phone i'm like checking my email i'm checking like ibooks for (laughs) what reason like it's just crazy because your mind is craving that like that response you get from checking your notifications so it's just insane how ingrained it is in our brains
2: but also like because i've noticed with spending more time in nature and especially at mead gardens like I've just like been realizing that that need and that constant like wanting to get that like dopamine rush is like becoming so much easier to resist now that like I don't even know like why or like how that even you know what exactly makes that happen. But I really have noticed like I still have Snapchat like right there on my bottom thing, but I don't even touch it like I don't go on it like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I just talk to my one friend like once a week or something and it's like I just don't even like have the need anymore to go to it I just talk to people on text and it's just so much like it's like this weight that's just not like constantly like on me like oh like I have to respond to these people I have to look at this like I have to be active and active and do this it's just like it's just something I just don't even have to worry about now it's like now it's just I talk to the people I want to talk to and that's it and the rest of the time I'm just I don't know hanging out with my friends and it's just like so so much like less i don't know weight on my mind and Mm -hmm. just it's so much nicer like i didn't even realize how it was affecting me so much but yeah it's just so much better now yeah when your
1: brain is trying to move so fast and then you remove the what was causing the fastness your brain is still going fast and it's like whoa it takes a while to slow down and to kind of like fizzle out
0: yeah i think that also like your brain got a taste of like deep and long-term satisfaction from yeah. like being like you know in high school you were almost forced to be on snapchat and if you didn't have Snapchat, you couldn't hang out with friends almost yeah. I mean I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced that but like oh I got yeah, a flip phone and like I couldn't hang out with people all of a sudden because <laughs> everybody made plans on snapchat and everybody talked on snapchats like I hated snapchat so I I wasn't gonna like conform and just get it because everybody else had it but like no like girls would talk to me because like girls only talk over snapchat like Like I said, like it was all group chats. People were making blends and stuff. And it's like now in college, like I feel like you have more opportunity to like meet people a little more in person and like make friends. And then like like you said, like you don't need that mediation of Snapchat. And I think everybody's a little less insecure and stuff. So like it's a little more we're more capable of that. And then once you get that taste of like, okay, I'm going to hang out with my friend and we're just going to go do some cool shit in nature. It's like your brain like gets that and they're like okay maybe i don't need this like satisfaction or this short-term surface level snapchat like you know buzz
2: yeah well that's the thing is like i feel like there was this like programming that we have we feel like we have to be on snapchat or have to be on social media because otherwise we're missing out on this great thing that's happening but to me the reality of it is is when we're constantly on these social media apps and constantly focused on that, we're missing out on so much stuff that we could be experiencing like in nature or like just hanging out, genuinely hanging out with people, like making actual connections, not just a surface surface level, like fake stuff about what people are really doing when they're it's not even real, you know? Yeah. And so it's just that like component of like, we think we're missing out by not being on it, but it's, we're really missing out when we are like spending all of our time focusing on that.
0: That's so true.
3: Yeah. That's, that's Right, you're you, go you can say it. I was just going to say that's a great point. And I think that also ties into the whole aesthetic thing and like romanticizing your life because like you're looking at all these cool people like van life and like I'm traveling as you said. And it's like, oh, I wish that was my life. And then you kind of are blindsided by all the great things that are actually happening in your life. And you don't get a moment to like appreciate the little things that are actually really important, you know, so, I think so it, true. the
1: biggest example for me, I think, is family mm-hmm, yeah. because as, as an adolescent, you're on your phone and it's the thing that's connecting you to the outer world. And I felt like for so many years, my brother and I, we spent so much time in our rooms, just like on our phones when our parents were right there. And it's missed moments of connection, of like family bonding and timing. And it's a, it's a, for me personally, I think it's a strong value to like be connected with the people that you're around and really develop that long sense of trust and and bond connection like familiarity and it's only up till now that like I've kind of realized how the phone affects that that I've actually been able to connect with my family more and spend more time with them but you know you had so many years at home and you guys are in the physical space together but mentally like no one's there because everybody's doing their own thing
3: Yeah, exactly. And like a great example of that is just like the dinner table or any kind of like when you're eating with your family, I feel like a lot of the time like it's disconnected because of like our phones and like the notifications going off when like food and just eating in general is such like an intimate ritual and it's an act of self-care and we kind of neglect it now because now a lot of people like to watch netflix while they eat or they like to go scroll on tiktok while they eat when eating itself <laughs> is something that needs to be focused on you know So true.
0: Mm-hmm. i think like even even it goes deeper too like even if you don't have your phone at the table like let's say you're some 14 year old high school kid and like your parents call you down to for for like dinner or whatever and, like, they have a rule where you don't bring your phone, but, like, you just got off of Snapchat and you've got all these people you were just talking to. And you know how Snapchat kind of works. It's kind of like, well, you've snapped all these people and they're going to respond to you. So then you have to respond back or else you're going to not, they're going to think you don't like them or whatever. You feel like you should or you have to. And so, like, let's say you send a bunch of snaps or you, maybe you get a bunch of snaps and you, you were about to open one. And then, like, you know, your family calls you down for dinner and they're like, leave the phone in the room and you're like, okay, fine. But then you're at dinner. Even though your phone's not there, you're thinking about your phone because you're not in the moment. You were actually in a completely different world, not even in your house, like over, you know, talking to some girl or talking in some group chat. And then like all of a sudden your intention is is out of the moment and out of the physical presence with the people that you're with.
1: Yeah. You could even feel irritable towards your parents because they made you do that. They made you like
3: plug out. Mm -hmm.
0: Um. I think well sorry were you gonna I was say? just going to say
3: like I've seen so many like videos on YouTube of like world's biggest freak out and like his mom made him like delete World of Warcraft or something and there's like so many examples of that of kids just like freaking out and I don't want to seem like preachy because like of course I struggle with social media addiction and everyone does you know Mm -hmm. and so I just think it's important to be like empathetic as well because like especially towards kids nowadays because it's like not like they know better you know it's like they were thrust into this world of technology and that's all they know you know Mm -hmm. so like iPad babies while they're crazy i Ba- I feel bad for them more than anything else, you know? So They don't they don't really have free will. That's yeah. like their parents yeah. doing that to them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's the thing. And it's like all these older generations would be like, oh, like kids are always on their phones. Like, you know, they're always so on social media and everything. It's like, this is what you guys b- <laughs> did to us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this what is you, you guys you. did. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you can even be mad. Like, this is literally what how they set it up to be. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. And the iPad kids, like my little cousin is a full-blown iPad kid. And it's just, like, I just feel so bad because, you know, even when we're at, like, family reunions or anything, like, he, all he does is sit on his iPad and, like, doesn't even connect with any of the rest of the family, like, doesn't want to go to the beach or, like, do whatever. And it's just, like, crazy. It's, like, you really rather be on your iPad on who knows what he does on there. <laughs> <laughs> and rather than, like, talking to us or hanging out with us or whatever. It's just, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's crazy. They're not
1: developing social skills. I know. And I I'm I mean, I personally think that iPad babies and iPad kids, like kids with social media and just these things that are like hijacking their brain. I don't really see why we do that. But when it comes to middle school, high school, when like socialization is super important and getting along with your peers, that's like the parents dilemma, because it's like, am I going to prevent my kid from like having these resources that everybody else has for their own good? Or, or am I going to give it to them for the sake of them to be included, mm-hmm. you know, and not become this outsider?
0: Well, either way, I mean, th- that that's a problem of the environment as well because, like, either way, they're screwed. Yeah. Because either way, like, if you don't give your kid a phone, they're going to be pissed at you and they're going to hate you because everyone at school has one and they need one to feel included. And then the second you get them one, then there's thrust into this horrible environment where they're only going to become more depressed, more comparing themselves like little girls being wanting to like, you know, not eat or work out all the time because of all these create this, you know, the, the crazy booty standards they see on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Like I know, I mean, I really can't speak on that at all, but I've heard say stuff like that. And it's just like, it's so sad that like, this is the environment that, um, I presented with. And, um, I think that I wanted to to bring it to, uh, the conversation towards like some of the things we learned about in the social dilemma, which is like it's not like okay, iPad babies are sedated by their parents because their parents don't want to deal with them because parenting is hard and it's constant and it's tiring and it's exhausting, and so the parents are like just f- shut it up, and so they literally sedate their kids with an iPad, and middle schoolers, high schoolers are um, sedated by. like social pressure like we were talking about of like parents like have to get it for them because everybody has them and if everybody has them and one person doesn't have it in middle school and high school if you're the one person that doesn't have it something you're weird and no one's going to want to talk to you you know and so there's that and then like because of okay this is the thing I wanted to talk about that we learned about which is persuasive technology and how persuasive technology is used in social media to like Hijack human psychology in order to get us on the app. So that's what we talked about earlier with the notifications and tagging and all that stuff, and um and the the scrolling and the dopamine release and stuff like that. But like, high school and middle school kids are already have this social pressure because everybody has one, so they have to have it. And like, it's not their parents that are putting the iPad in front of them; it's the social media company that has created an app. That makes them want to put it in front of the, in front of their face, yeah. and then same thing with parents and adults. The parents and adults have their outlook or their email or they l- watch TikTok or Facebook, or whatever. And then that's news. Poli- old people have politics that are just going to piss them off and then keep them on. You know, they've found a way to basically suck in every single age group by like whether it's politics for old people because like oh, old people get they get they get completely blindsided by the uh, the rage because like they don't realize that they're getting fed this like far left liberal stuff just to piss them off so that they look at it more and share it more. And then like, you know, <laughs> middle-aged people who, I don't know, email or whatever. And then, you know, it's,
1: yeah, it's I, not our fault. The whole political thing is also a whole thing in and of itself because you think yes. about persuas- persuasive technology um, and something that a lot of apps do and just sources, also Google, you know, like they will give you information based on your, the beliefs that you've already shown that you have through your Google searches, through the people that you follow, XYZ. So you're kind of in this feedback loop where you're not getting media and information from other sides of the political spectrum or just people that think differently. So you think that everybody kind of thinks the same, and the instant that you see something from the far left, the far right, or the center you know (laughs) (laughs) like then it's like whoa I thought everybody was thinking the same thing like what the fuck is wrong with you because I have my facts and like I'm right and it's it's just so dangerous especially for younger generations because if they don't know this and they're not going to actively seek out unbiased resources and also seeing resources from the other sides of where they already stand at
2: yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing is like when in the social dilemma, like it showed that diagram of like, you know, politics used to be a lot less like it, it used to be a lot more similar, a lot more like not as a big a difference between each, you know, side of it or whatever. And now it's like because people are only seeing that like streamline what they believe, like what aligns with you know, whatever, they have, like, these predisposed beliefs about things and values, then they start thinking, like, how could this person possibly have such a different view from me when I see all this stuff that I know is true, and you're you're constantly getting that feedback, that re, you know, reinforcement of those ideas, and then it just creates that split, and it just, you know, it really stig, or not stigmatizes, but, like, it, really, it just divides people like yeah. so yeah. much further Polarizes. and it's like these things that are supposed to bring people together and connect people is like now polarizing so many people in such an intense way that it's leading to like you know you've seen the stuff in in politics now and like you know just people going crazy and I, I don't know
0: yeah well it's also like you're getting this feedback loop of only things that and like pia said like you know kids need to learn how to look at unbiased sources but like what's the point of looking at an unbiased source when if you ever try to talk to anybody about the unbiased source, they've just been living in their feedback loop and if it's anything that disagrees with them, they're gonna show you their bias source and it doesn't matter because they think they got it from their phone and it's all official. So they're just gonna invalidate whatever you said. And then like within the feedback loop, let's say just give the example of like left, like if you see left self all the time, because it's an AI that is behind your, your social media or behind your Google, And the only thing that that AI is designed to do is to keep you, your attention longer. The thing that's going to get your attention much more than like a really reasonable, like, you know, example of like a right belief. Like, okay, you know what, this is the truth and this is me expressing my like belief in a a really like good, like, you know, well-argumented way. Like, no leftist is going to like look at that and like. You know, be super, they're probably going to scroll by it because it's like, you know, it's like reading a book or like, you know, taking a class. It's like, who wants to see that? But the, like, the thing that's going to keep someone, like, for damn sure on the app is like showing some super crazy alt right, like, insanity. And so then the only thing that they see, because they have to click on that, they, they're enraged by it, and they're going to look at it, they're going to send it to their other leftist friends. And then, like, that is going to be like, they only see the feedback loop of their own leftist beliefs. And then the only thing that they see of the right is this like crazy Mm -hmm, people. And then the same thing happens on the right where it's like the right people only see their right beliefs. And then the only thing that they actually end up watching is like the super crazy left people. So everybody thinks that everyone else is crazy. It's creating a war between us.
1: It definitely ties into, how to put it, it's politics and media. You know how media like interacts with our psychology and hijacks our brains with politics and media too, something that they really tap into is our emotions. And that is mm-hmm. like, we are really susceptible to our emotions. It's like the whole pathos yeah. thing. It's it's a, it is a like, pathos in and it of itself is a persuasive technology, like mm-hmm. tapping into our emotions. And um, I wanted to touch on your point about like, what's the point of having an, uh, like looking at unbiased sources and like going to that extent of informing oneself when when you try to present this information to someone else like they're going to think you're crazy I think it like while that may be true I think everything starts with like a seed so you know you can plant this seed into the dirt and although like it doesn't show at the surface at first if you know what matters is like what you do Mm -hmm. you know if you if you're not going to do something just because like it's the same thing with social media if you're going to stay on social media because everyone else is on social media then you're kind of just like Digging yourself into a hole that you don't really want to be in. But if you remove yourself from it, if you look at unbiased sources, mm-hmm. if you present yourself in this way to other people, maybe they'll have a strong reaction to it, but it shows them that there is another way of being. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Everything has to start somewhere. Of course. Yeah.
3: And I think that on the topic of politics, like, especially during 2020, that year was insane. But, like, that's when we started seeing 24-hour media cycles, like, on the news. And so the news was just playing for 24 hours. And something that's so dangerous about that is that now we're not, like, reporting on events that are happening. We're kind of, like, creating... This like hysteria and like creating the events that are happening. And so now people are just watching that watching the news 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And it's like inciting this kind of like not only fear, but also disconnect from other people. And I think that especially like on social media, like I watched this documentary the other day called Advertising at the Edge of the Apocalypse. And it was talking about how, like, people, once they reach, um, like, a certain, um, like, once they start making a certain amount of money, like, their wants are typically the same no matter how much money you make. Like, they want to be feel connected with people. They want to feel a sense of purpose. They want to feel content. And, like, I think that feeds into social media, and what's so addictive about it is that people want to be, want to feel part of a community, and they want to feel part of something bigger than that. And what's so distracting about that is that we're part of these, like, online communities, and while they, like, you know, you can find so much great stuff and connect with people, um, that's your main source of community, and that you're not finding that in real life. So, yeah. yeah.
1: That is... Yeah, I feel that so deeply. That is really important too.
0: Yeah, we get distracted by trying to you know, find what we are actually truly desiring, which is an innate human desire to have people that you're connected to, have a community. Like you said, we are literally, we've evolved to desire that because it's safety and it feels good. And it's like means that you're more capable of survival. And like we have this innate desire, but because the environment we live in now Like you can either go to all the effort of like, you know, hitting this person up or like finding something to do or you could literally do the thing that the supercomputer is already like, you know, advertising to you like, oh, wouldn't this feel so great? Wouldn't this be so much dopamine that would just release in your brain? It'd be so easy. All you'd have to do is scroll and click on my app. It's like you're fighting that that supercomputer, that psychology hacking, that persuasive technology in order to do the actual thing, which might be like to be bored for a little bit or, you know, face some uncertainty. And facing uncertainty is hard and like scary and uncomfortable and like the human body doesn't like to be uncomfortable either. So you have to, there's so many barriers in between you getting past this surface level, you know, gross like junk food connection that's like on your phone when the real like long-term satisfaction comes from like in-person community, Mm -hmm. actually talking authentically
3: and it's more gratifying in that way like by a million times um what I was gonna say. oh yeah the movie i was watching that advertising i recommend it it's very good but yeah, it was it also talking about like advertisements and how they're also like a listening and emotional response and it's the same way social media does because like you're seeing this thing this snippet and you think it's real but in reality there's like directors and like the best of the best working yeah. on it there's day shoots and there's like a multi-million dollar like funding going into it and you just don't see any of that you just see the final product and you're like okay that's real life and that's what i want
0: Right.
2: Yeah, and and exactly. I think I saw the same documentary and it was talking about how like the majority or not the majority, but like a huge amount of the like the p- cost for like a product or a production or whatever goes towards advertising. Like it's like a crazy amount goes towards advertising. Yeah. Yeah like the most money and like all of yeah, like it
3: like actually like the advertising it like costs more than any of the like programming like tv shows or movies surrounding it like to create the ads it's actually more expensive than to create the programming mm. that we're watching and it's just Whoa.
2: because like if you have a good advertisement that's how you're gonna get the sales like yep. that's it doesn't even matter as much how good the product is like obviously whatever if but, but if you room. have like the good advertising and, and you can manipulate people to believe they need this product or they have to have this mm-hmm. product or whatever then you're gonna get those sales and right. so they what they do is they just put so much money into like mm-hmm. trying to manipulate people the best into seeing what they'll put their money to and what they'll actually yeah.
1: buy i'm definitely thinking about like billboards too like i'm thinking about i4 and when when you go down all these highways you have so much so many billboards coming at you and just how much money like they would spend on advertising too, like putting them places where you can see them and like you never get a break exactly and i think we're like tapping into a lot of united states culture Mm. and i may may be wrong and i don't mean a shit on united states because i think some good things come out of living in the united states but it is that overstimulus of advertising of like big things you think about like when you're on the highway and how the mcdonald's sign like there's a huge pop-up yeah Yeah. it's just like make sure that they know that we're here yeah you know and and at least in the countries that i've been to there's way less advertising and there is more of an emphasis on community And being together and taking it a little bit more slow and and that intentional living, Mm -hmm. which so I I think it is like the fast paced um, culture or like mindset of the United States that definitely caters and, and makes the problem that we're talking about exponentially more intense.
3: Yeah, and with advertisements, as you said, like, we never get a break, especially now, like, ads have evolved into something that are so unrecognizable, because, like, you're watching movies, and, like, there's so many product placements, as, like, it was mentioned in the movie, and it's, like, th- Coca-Cola here, it's so recognizable, like, that they're talking about Omega here, and, like, all of these brands are in these movies, and you don't even realize it's an ad, you know? Mm. So it's insane.
2: And also, like, you are talking about everything being so fast-paced in America, and um, it's, like, to me... I mean, people can have their own, you know, idea about this, but I really see, like, that the culture in America is consumerism, and, like, you think about even, like, okay, we have our holidays, we have our whatever, think about, like, how much they, like, can sell at holidays, like, Christmas is, for most people in America, like, just completely surrounded around buying and buying and buying for other people, like, I don't know what the statistic is specifically but it's like a bunch of people like go broke at christmas because they're just like buying and buying and buying like just because that's like that's the culture that's the traditions Mm -hmm. in america
3: black friday like
2: black friday (laughs) sales Mm -hmm. like you think about even easter like that is like a religious holiday like yeah people will celebrate that however but there's also this huge consumerism aspect in america valentine's day valentine's day all these things like what Just do you any, do? All You're all expected is. to buy things for people. You you know buy the baskets, you buy the candies, you buy the chocolates, mm-hmm. you buy the whatever because that's like such a huge emphasis w- with everything we do in America. You know you think about New Year's, Fourth uh, of July. What is it? It's these huge fireworks. It's these huge celebrations. But it's like, is the emphasis as much on the community and like hanging out with your friends and your family and everything, or is it? It's so much about, like, the consumers and, like, what are you going to buy? What are you going to give to people? Because that's what just, like, fuels it. And that's how they make all their money.
0: I mean, like, social media, the entire, and we learned about this in The Social Dilemma, the entire business model when, you know, the guy who was in charge of Facebook's monetization program, like, he, if you haven't seen The Social Dilemma, it's all the people who engineered and designed the original social medias. So, like facebook twitter instagram all that stuff like all the engineers who designed it who no longer work there and no longer advocate for them because they're so dangerous and now they're having so many like adverse effects the guy who was in charge of monetizing facebook um did like basically created the advertising model as the social media model so like advertising is ingrained in what social media is because it's obviously every single business on the in this country has to make money and the way that social media makes money is through advertising and the way that social media makes money through advertising is through your attention and you watching their ad or their their app or being on their app and so like literally social media is the american capitalists dream it's like if you've ever seen um ready player one have you guys ever seen it
3: no i haven't I watched have, it
0: Okay, well, there's this like basically it's a real life video game and it's kind of like social media where like like obviously it's much more. But basically you put on a VR headset and you go into this like separate world where everybody else can go to. And it was designed by this like crazy scientist who's like really cool gamer, like a very wise dude who made it for good intentions. But you can like everybody lives in this this like alternate world. And it's like really involved in the society. And um, the there's this evil guy who wants to take over the like VR world or whatever and his whole intention he's like capitalist business guy rich super into like that all that shit and his dream would be to like take it over and then just flood it with ads and then like be able to use it and take advantage of it to like make people you know see whatever he wants to see so that he can make all this money yeah. and like you know in the real world like it's made by Mark Zuckerberg who is that guy And is not some like, you know, wise gamer guy, scientist who wants to make it so people can like connect and stuff like it's It is made by the guy who wants to make a buttload of money and like take advantage of people and like take advantage of people's attention. And um, that's literally what we're facing is like everybody's face is staring at this thing fucking 10 hours a day, every day, and it's making them like, you know, everybody, it's everybody advertising and the social media companies just profiting off of that constantly. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and like you were saying, like, uh, in The Social Dilemma, they were saying like, okay, there's this free service, but like, in reality, is anything free in our society? Anything that like that, no, it's not going to be. And so what are they selling? Like, they're they're getting profits from the advertisements because they're getting our time and our attention. So in reality, you know, this is a free, you know, service and everything, but it's really that we are the product and our attention and our time is the product and that's what they're making profits off of. And that's how they're able to keep it going and make so much money off of
0: it. Yeah. In the Social Dilemma, it says like, literally, if you are using a free app that you are not paying for, that means that you are the product. Like whether it's a game, whether it's like your social media or sort of whatever, like you are the one that's making them money your attention is what is their product
3: yeah mm-hmm.
1: i was thinking about the, the movie ready player one mm-hmm. and specifically the way that they set the movie was you know you put on this vr headset and a lot of cool stuff happens here it's like a separate life but when you take off the VR headset, you see a super dystopian, like, reality. Yeah. There's just so much, like, old buildings and technology. You don't see an ounce of nature. Everybody's kind of, like, inside. Everything's, like, you know, there's some people that are poverty-stricken in ways that we can't even imagine. It's, like, dystopian poverty. It's it's crazy. And at the end of the movie, spoiler alert. It's been out for a while, though. Let us know. So, um, you know. Everything works out in the end, you know, we save it from the bad guy. But they said like um two days a week, no one can use VR. So that everybody has to go outside. Like it's all shut down. They can't they can't play the game. And I think it was trying to touch onto like modern society and, and we yeah. need we need breaks. We need breaks.
3: Yeah, and I think that there's like a lot of movies that are centered around this idea of like social media and like the internet and how it's infiltrating like our lives and our society. And I feel like even though there's so many, like The Social Dilemma, Ready Player One, there was that one movie with, like, Timothy Chalamet,
1: Uh, Jennifer
3: Lawrence. I don't know. Honestly,
1: was thinking of um, Don't Worry Darling.
3: Yeah, like, even that. And it's like we have all of these messages and, like, showing us. And even in our everyday lives, you can see how social media is, like, affecting us. But, like, there's still, it's still overpowering our lives. And I wonder, like, what initiative would... Like like what needs to take Mm. place Mm. to enact any kind of change? Mm. Would it have to be something like that, where like the government? (laughs) I don't want the government stepping in. So what
0: what could it be? (laughs) What 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 do we ever? Whatever can we do? But that's such a that's actually really a good point and something I was stumped on for a long time because like we live in i was so like you know heartbroken and depressed when i got my flip phone and i realized like i couldn't just get rid of my phone and have it all be fixed and i was like it's actually a problem with the environment we live in and like all the everything that's created by phones and how everybody has them and i was just literally like like what do i do now (laughs) what do we do how the hell do we fix this everyone's addicted everyone needs it And like it's not like i can just go up to everybody be like get a flip phone with me like no one's gonna do that and so like I was thinking for a long time and I even got to the point where I was doing this pachakasha like speech on it and I
1: What's a pachakasha for people that don't know?
0: Pachakasha is kind of like a TED talk but it's um it's this form of speaking that was invented in Japan by architects that wanted to share ideas with each other and they're like it, it started off as a first pachakasha night between like architects in Japan and then pachakasha nights it's okay so the form of speaking is 20 slides so 20 photos and then you speak for 20 seconds on every slide and the slides advance automatically so you have 20 seconds to talk on this one that's the next one 20 seconds to talk on this one Then it's the next one and that's the form of speaking it's, it turns out to be like a four minute thir- like something oh. um, um speech and um so there's pachakashaw nights all around the world because like it's just turned into this thing so it's kind of like tedx or it's not like, you know, TED is like this whole thing where like, you know, famous people give speeches and stuff, but they also have TEDx events in like every single city, in every single state. So it's kind of like that. So Pachaka Shaw in Orlando is like my mom gave one and um, she connected with the guy who runs it, who um, I he basically just like asked for speakers and um, I ended up doing a speech for them um, all about social media. But I got to um, I could great. put it in the in the d- description of this YouTube video as well it's a it's a pretty solid um, I'm proud of it <laughs> but I get to the end of the speech and I'm literally like I don't know I don't know what to do like literally I just I basically just frame out all the depressing shit of like <laughs> what we're facing and how gnarly it is and then I'm just like well I don't know yeah but I know now what we need to do and what is actually like the thing that is needed to be done because like we can't try to solve the problem from within the problem. Like we can't even like, you know, we, we're we already living in this environment that is so disconnected and all, only breeds isolation and breeds disconnect. And so reconnect is basically like the the fix all. Because if you just get rid of all of it, it's like, oh, what are we left with? What we actually need and want, which is authentic connection and just like conversation. Just take a second, breathe. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk. Let's just be for a second and like you feel it you guys have been to reconnect events it kind of melts away and you're like oh shit like this is how we're supposed to live like Mm -hmm.
1: it's absolutely fascinating how many different ways that we can kind of like is the word triage like a leave this whole alleviate alleviate this big bubble that is like the social dilemma you know Mm -hmm. um we have such a physical in-person interactive way of like combating this which is through reconnect we have so many art forms documentaries infographics videos you know i think another way of doing this is like traveling writing about it um when you travel you you see different lifestyles and ways of life and that can kind of like put you in perspective of your own um oh my god i was thinking of something else But oh, yeah, education, education is super important, too. And I think with Reconnect, it's like an in-person kinesthetic education because you're literally experiencing what it's like to not be on your phone for a while. And I remember um, before Reconnect became a chapter at Rollins, Sean was leading some on his own and we had like a field day and it was a pretty long event. It was like four Four hours, hours hours. maybe a little bit more. And I wasn't on my phone the entire time. And I was in the sun, too. So I was, like, getting all this sun. I was talking to people. And I didn't really feel an effect. Like, I was just off my phone for an hour, two hours. But when we got to the end of the event, I actually felt like there was serotonin running through me. Because I was like, wow, I feel, like, super in the moment. Super, like, present. You know, it was, like, long-term satisfaction feeling. Because I can recognize the feeling in myself. So it's not just, like okay, I'm not going to be on my phone for like an hour and then the rest of the day, like, you know what's up? It's it's a lot more than that. It yeah. has to like be this consistent development so that your brain can actually like get away from that dopamine deficiency and yeah. then like level out and then you can start building from there. Yeah,
2: And um, I think also like, because when even when you're like off your phone and your friend's like, oh, we're not going to be on our phone for a bit or like do not disturb, whatever, you still know it's there like, my friend or my roommate actually Chloe, um, when we go to like Meat Gardens, she always just has like one of us leave our phone and she always says like she can just feel it there if it's yep. even in our bag or like if it's turned off or yep. you know, whatever. Or even if we don't go on it. She says she, she can just feel it like looming over her. And so it's just like when you really have it away, like I reconnect, like when you really can't go on it or like it's not even an option, like it's just I don't know, like you said, like it's just this feeling of like um i don't know it's just like this freedom from this Mm. thing that's like unshackled yeah like you (laughs) just you break free from this like weird like looming energy (laughs) behind you like constantly stalking you
1: think about the radio the radioactivity too of phones like it's an energetic thing for sure i
0: i also want to make a distinction between because pia i heard you say like we have all these resources we have reconnect then we have these like video like social dilemma and all this stuff and I think that there's a big difference between Reconnect and the Social Dilemma mm-hmm. and all these sure. like videos and for stuff. Sure, yeah. Because like we watch the social dilemma and let's say like we didn't watch it for a reconnect event and you had an experience reconnect before and you just I mean you guys had you watched the social dilemma and then what happened? Like, yes, you learned and you like, Oh wow, yeah, this is really shitty. And then you go and you participate in the shittiness continually because like what else are you gonna do? There's nothing but reconnect is this, this like little oasis of like an actual change, mm-hmm. like an actually new way of doing it. And like a thing that is like, it it's, it's actually like, okay, yes, I see the social dilemma, but like now I can actually practice it with like being a reconnect activist, like being the person who is like, guys, like, no, like let's not bring our phones. Like we're gonna actually like experience this so much better if we don't bring our phones and then like be that person to like, Know how it feels better to be in your friend group, being the one who's advocating to be like, guys, like, trust me, like, I want to connect with you guys. I don't want to have to worry about my phone looming over me. Like, let's go hang out in nature with no phones, and like, Mm -hmm. be the person to get your friends to do it. Because right now, it's kind of like you're the asshole if you like Mm -hmm. ask your friend, like, like if you're at dinner or if you're sitting Mm -hmm. around a table, or even if you're just like grabbing like at at lakeside or something, eating, and like someone's someone picks up their phone, they start going on the phone with you, whether with everybody. And you're like, yo, dude, can you like put your phone away? Like, there's no way you can, like, you can, but it's like you look like such a dick. Yeah. And then obviously, and then they feel like ashamed because they're like, well, you think you're better than me because I, you think mm-hmm. I shouldn't be on my phone right now. And then it's like you're around other people. So then they feel embarrassed that they were on their phone or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's just this whole crappy dynamic. So, like, with Reconnect, it's like everyone is going there with the intention prepared for it wanting it and then like if you have your phone you're like dude what are you doing like that's just not why we're here yeah,
1: you know? yeah that's a very good
3: distinction Thank and you i for feel like that. that's exactly and i feel like that speaks to how much like we kind of hold our phones and social media like in close proximity to like our person because like the minute you're like oh can you put that away can you not be on your phone or something like that like some like they might take it the wrong way and think that like oh like they think they're better than me like they think right that. exactly so it's just like because it feels like a parent moment yeah exactly yeah. It's just like no, I want to connect with you. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. I
0: mean, that's a that's a huge problem as well with social media is the miscommunication of intentions. So like that's a big reason why a lot of people get like canceled for something that was taken out of context because like someone says something with a certain intention, and then because social media, you can just send some bite-sized clip of someone saying something, and then a million people are gonna see it with no explanation, like the intention is not fully communicated so these people make their own assumption that is like you know by by the user I actually experienced like a really kind of interesting example of that and how it can be really dangerous to someone because I ran into someone I used to know in school to actually today and um we talked briefly and I heard them from the other this is someone i never really got along with that well to be honest and um like now we had a normal catch up conversation cuz we we're older now it's high school shit um but i overheard they were sitting with a friend and i was printing something and i overheard them say like like explain to their friend like who i was and they said like oh yeah them and their friends were or he and his friends like yeah they were like super like racist and stuff and i was just like whoa whoa, bro. And I I heard him say that, or them say that from the other, like, uh, across the way. And I was like, did you just say that we were racist? Like, whoa, bro, like, chill. And then he was like, he was like, well, you know, I mean, maybe not you, but, like, your friends. I was like, dude, nah. Like, maybe they were, like, a dick, but, like, no, not racist. That's not something you can just throw around. Like, that's, and then I was, they were like, well, like, they weren't necessarily, like, the nicest to me. I was like, were you open to them at all? Like, like, no, probably Doesn't not mean
3: you're racist. And then he was either, like, yeah. and, and
0: it was like, I, I literally asked him, I was like, are you saying it were ra- like, what specifically happened? Or are you just saying you're racist because you disagreed with us and you didn't necessarily get along with us? Cause like, but anyway, so that, that happened and that's like, you know, whatever. But imagine now, instead of that being a conversation in person that happened and they posted it to their social media. Oh, this guy, Sean, was, went to my high school, and he was an asshole to me. Let's say they fabricated a story, and then there were, like, this story of, like, he said the N-word to me or something, or, like, he, ca- he hit me or something, and then said, like, him and all of his friends were racist.
1: No tolerance.
0: Well, what do you mean?
1: Like, nobody would have any tolerance.
0: Exactly. Everybody is, it's the feedback loop, and it's also, like, where am I? I'm nowhere there. I'm no, there's no way for me to defend myself. There's no way for me to have a conversation about it. It's actually just completely checkmating me because then everyone's just gonna. Because he's the f- they're the first person talking. I would just literally be completely destroyed. And then like uh, the only way that I could even try to counteract that would be also by posting on social media. Mm -hmm. And then what does that create? That creates the exact same thing. Then it's just going to be this war between two people with two perspectives, not understanding either person's intention or the actual truth of what's going on. And it's like the worst mediator for like actual things to happen. And it's, like, a really dangerous thing. And that's Mm -hmm. why canceling happens a lot of the time.
2: I'm thinking about apology videos on YouTube. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I mean, that just makes me think about how, like, I don't know, social media is just, it's such a, like, hostile place sometimes that it it really destroys, like, open communication between between people. And I feel like that's another reason why, like, we have this loss of connection because you really just can't have that open, like, on not – that all communication is unbiased when it's like you're talking to somebody but like i feel like you're more likely to sympathize or like understand someone else's point or be more open-minded in person rather Mm. than if you're just seeing this like i don't know like random anonymous account saying this thing you're going to be like oh this is this or oh this is that you're not really going to have like the deeper like follow-up questions to like actually get a good understanding of that and have like that open communication with people
0: Yeah, it's much easier to dehumanize someone Mm -hmm. over social media like like for example this person I've met like they had to look at me and they had to hear me talk to them in a very kind and friendly and like civil manner because it's like, you know, like I'm not a (laughs) I'm not like a mean guy and but if it was on social media they could create all this assumption of what I am and what I was, of their one, like, you know, belief or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it's completely dehumanizing me and not connecting to actually who I am. Yeah, and, like,
3: conflict in real life is usually, like, a very uncomfortable situation when, like, two people are unable to understand each other. But online, it almost feels like a game of some sort or, like, like episode, you know? Mm. It's like, oh, oh, like, I'm gonna start drama and it's, like, fun. and, And you don't realize that, like, there's real people, you know, that are involved and are getting affected and all you see is like their profile picture so especially because like text
1: and reading text you know you can't really pick up the tone mm-hmm, that someone's yeah. saying something and so i think it does tie into like you know trying to defend yourself on social media through comments or anything like yeah, you know right. anybody can take anything the wrong mm-hmm. way because you're not hearing how the person exactly, is saying it inflection yeah. is actually like extremely important body in language and human communication for sure yeah. yeah that being said what can we do as people that are in this younger generation to promote not just like a better way of communicating with other people but also trying to share these ideas that we've talked about like spending time outside spending time with your family like really integrating back a bunch of these values and lifestyle modes that could potentially bring us closer to people
3: um I think like the first step would be because like a lot of the time when we want to approach this situation it might come off as like hostile or preachy in a sense and you know people are going to feel disconnected from that immediately and you're asking them to change like such a big part of their life and so that in itself is uncomfortable so I think being able to resonate with people on something that they would understand and like being able to come to them like human to human and kind of show them these connections. Yeah, <laughs> um, human I think to human was that, yeah, already. that is like super important and like showing them that it's not anything wrong with you. You know, you're not a bad person cause you're addicted to social media. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's like, these are the companies that are making it addictive. You know, it's not a reflection of you. And so just being able to communicate that message and showing them that, like, we're trying to promote this idea of, like, togetherness and community and not trying to, like, take you away from something, you know? We're not trying to take you away from social media. It's more of, like, we're trying to bring you into, like, a bigger a bigger conversation, a bigger, mm-hmm. just something bigger in general, you yeah, know? That's a yeah. great way to put it. Yeah.
0: I, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like what I heard from that just wanted, like, like kind of say back what I heard is, like, what's important? it's important to like set the intention of why you're asking someone mm-hmm. to get off their phone or maybe be like, so rather than leading with like, hey, can you put your phone away be like, hey, like I really want to connect with you. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like our phones kind of tend to in- inhibit that ability. And so like, I would love to connect with you, with yeah. you, you know, a- away from both of our f- smartphones. Exactly. And like, that is more like an actual representation of what someone might mean.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Any words, Emanuela? Um,
2: I don't know, honestly. I mean, for what I've been trying to do with, like, my friends and people I care about is just tell them about my experience and how, you know, for me personally, being in nature has been that for me. It's been that, like, eye-opening, like, um, experience for me to you know that has been able to like, give me the distance from social media and show me how much more there is and how much more I can do. And so I've just been trying to, you know, tell these people that I care about, like, this is such a great thing. Like, come experience this with me. Come with me to do this with me. Like, I promise you, you'll have a good time. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. And everyone that I have had come with me to, like, you know, the gardens or, like, whatever, just, like, you know, not be on our phones or, you know, doing art or whatever. Like, it's just they've also told me, like, the feedback they've given me is, like, yeah, this was a great time. Like, I really it felt so much more like. A real like nice good uh, deep experience rather than just being like oh well, let's go to a cafe you know not that there's anything about like i go to cafe. like talking But like it's just having that intention like it's really something that if we can start getting people to see the value in that then we can really start having this open you know communication about it and this like greater understanding that there is so much value in that and that there's a real problem with You know, people constantly being on their phone and this constant addiction and this terrible, toxic relationship that we have with social media and like Mm -hmm. technology.
1: Yeah, what I'm hearing is like invite people to what you're interested in. Share your activities with them, because by sharing your activities, not only are you introducing them into your life, you're also introducing them to like new ways of uh, spending your time. And I, I think that's really good. Instead of being like, hey, you should do this. Um, that's going to be really good for you. Instead, you're like, you, you state your boundary. You're like, well, I, I, I don't want to do these things because I know that these things prevent me from having deeper connections with people. So you have that boundary, and then you just kind of invite people in if they're open and willing into what you like. So you don't have to sacrifice yourself in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and yeah. Do you
0: have to go? Or are you good for a little bit? Uh,
1: we can talk for a little bit more. Okay. Just so kind of like wrapping it up.
0: Um. Well, I could... Do you guys don't have to go anywhere, right? We could continue and you could go to your class.
1: Sure, That's what I, I, st- I still have a little bit.
0: Okay, sweet. Um, but, uh, shoot, what was I gonna say? Um, Oh yeah, so I mean, I would consider myself like a reconnect at uh, activist as in like, I actively am like wanting to show people the experience like through the intention of like connection to like come together without smartphones. And um, I think that, like, I would honestly consider all of you guys reconnect activists, too, just from, like, what you guys know and, like, how you guys have reacted to the message and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask, like, how, well, it's very similar to Pia's question, but, like, with the intention of, like, specifically reconnect, like, how do you think that that will affect the way that you, like, I don't know, hang out with people or, like, do set the intention of your mead gardens, like, hangouts and stuff like
3: Wait, could you repeat that? I kind of
0: yeah. shoot. It's pretty much Pia's question. I mean, it's just like after being a part of Reconnect, after watching Social Dilemma, after you know talking about these ideas and and meeting people who feel the same way about them, like how will you go into your life like differently, so, like with people?
2: I mean, honestly, the biggest thing <laughs> for uh, for me is that once I went to Reconnect and realized like that there were other people that thought this way and that were also interested in like doing the same like really cool stuff without their phones and without that like disconnection or that weird like looming energy then like that was honestly the thing that gave me the most hope that made me feel like so good like I don't know it was just so like reassuring I guess because I felt like once I had first watched The Social Dilemma and all this stuff like that's when I first started to really like think deeply about these things it was like this is really messed up, like, this is, like, this is a big problem, but there was nothing for me to do with that, like, feeling or with that information, no one to talk to about it, like, really, you know, have that understanding, and now it's, like, I've met all these really cool people, and we do all this really cool stuff, and now it's, like, I have that, I don't know, it's, like, it feels like it it could go somewhere more, it could go further than just me thinking about this stuff, and just being, like, oh, man, this really sucks, like, Mm -hmm. I really hate this, it's, you know, it's allowing it to go further than that, and that's what I really love about it
3: Mm -hmm. great and for me everything just feels like more intentional not just like how I'm spending my time but just like how I'm speaking with people and just like how I'm investing like my energy and like into myself and other people as well and just being able to like find hobbies and like certain interests that cater to me Mm -hmm. rather than just like being shown what's the coolest thing right now you know you're able to kind of discover more about yourself and in that way you're also able to like discover more about other people as well so
1: i love that i would also like to say something reconnect definitely has like hosting human to human and hello for those um human to human was like a specific reconnect event where we do a bunch of different activities but this one was specifically an experimentation to how far we can go with human connection and like how far we can go with removing social stigmas of like what is normal in human connection, and I think I've definitely found the excitement in the experimentation of doing that. So, like super long eye to eye contact, or longer hugs that you would give normally—you know, not mm-hmm. just like a tight squeeze, but really like holding the person. It, it really makes you feel their humanity. And um, writing people heartfelt letters, just like giving people the love languages that they have, and then receiving your own love languages and things like that—not just with like your parents or family or your romantic partner but with just people I think it definitely makes you feel a little bit closer to strangers than before and when you feel closer to strangers you have so much more compassion and kindness because you recognize that everybody is just like you you know everybody's a person so you know you can hold more space for people that way too and reconnect definitely definitely helps with holding space for people
0: yeah I think that well Yes, that actually leads perfectly into what I was gonna say, which is like, you know, I, I did start the ReConnect movement, but like this is the, you know, this is a continuation, but also like a new way that I've experienced it with like more people and people that enjoy it and want it. And so what I've noticed is that people come to the events and they, it, it's it's almost like I can see this, the like fear on their face of like showing up. Being like, right now like there's all these random people I don't even know them like what's going on and then slowly like through the process of the event they'll be like slowly like relax and they'll be like oh wait like this is cool and like the people that I'm here with like I didn't even know and now I'm talking to them and I met them and it's like it seems so simple it seems so simple like what you went and talked to some people and they were cool so now you're friends but like in the environment that we live in every single day, it's like you don't talk to people you don't know. Like you don't, especially not in person with a conversation. Like it's very rare. And if it is, then you're like, see ya later. If it's like, if you're not in the same circle, you don't connect unless you like, I don't know. It's like everybody has their own group and that's their group. And there's no like bleed over of like some outside human because like no one really knows that like people are all just cool and everybody wants to know cool people. And like, it's not as scary as like all of this social anxiety we've become used to because of social media. Like it's not actually real. And the barrier is like this thin, even though it feels so thick. And then Mm. when you go to reconnect, you realize like, okay, wait, there's this whole other reality and environment where I don't have to feel this fear. So for example, there's this one girl that Z brought to the event and I heard her talking about like well Z was like oh I'm so proud of you like you went look at you coming out and meeting people and stuff like that because they were she was actually like talking to new people and it's like this generation literally needs a kick in the ass to go talk to new people and meet new people because (laughs) it's so hard for us and we're not trained to do it and it's not what's normal in our environment and so like and that's not I'm not saying that's a shame the people who aren't it's literally the environment but like this girl was like brimming with joy she was like bring me to as many of these as you want. Like, I'm going to come to every single one of these. She was like, let's go. Cause like she wants to connect with people. It's just that the thing that she's been provided by freaking society and like this giant social media companies that have basically tricked us into thinking that social media is social interaction. She tries to get that connection out of social media or who knows what doesn't cater to it. It doesn't, it doesn't. And so like, have I, have I told you guys the example um, or the, um, do you want to say something before I go into this? Yeah. Okay, well, that's basically my thought. It's like people don't meet new people, and then they go to ReConnect, they're like, oh, wait, I can meet new people, and it's fine. (laughs) I'm not going to die.
3: Yeah.
1: I wanted to touch on your earlier point and what you're saying. So true. So true. Um, About the transformation that happens within ReConnect. I actually wanted to talk about human-to-human and no names, but I mean, the person that you were paired with, I observed this. Um, When we did the activity of like the eye to eye contact for like quite a while, um, the person that you were paired with, they like, you know, I've observed them outside of Reconnect and even within Reconnect in the multiple events. And there's someone who's very restless, like they always have some part of their body moving. And when they started to look into your eyes they're they were sitting crisscross applesauce and their leg was moving a lot. And then like maybe like a minute in, it just calmed down and slowed completely and that was so amazing to see that you know this like i don't know if it's a, out of anxiety or just kind of like a fit f- a fidget and you know physical tendency but it just like slowed down and then stopped completely it's like the person like tapped back in and were calm did you notice that how was I your experience I with I that
2: i remember like now that you said that like i do remember her being like i don't know moving a lot around a lot um it was kind of like a jumpy thing but then yeah like whenever we went into like i remember feeling a little uncomfortable at first too because i just you know I didn't it's know an this uncomfortable person, experience like, yeah. I yeah. Just looking into I someone's eyes that you don't realize really know. how much of an issue i had with like direct eye contact for so long like i genuinely don't think i've looked into someone's eyes for that long before wow. yeah t- and like yeah, go, ahead, go ahead no and it was just it was just like i feel like still i could have been more comfortable at the end but it was like we just, like, went into it together, and we just, like, went in this weird, like, zone, and it was really cool, though, because I felt kind of calm, too. At first, I was really like, oh, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Like, I don't know this girl. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't know,
2: and... But then, it like, really, like, it got to, like, the air was more relaxed between us, and, like, it was just, like, you know, we relaxed into each other's energies, and it was really cool. Um. I was like... It was cool. Yeah,
0: so the... to. Explain to everybody what that we're talking about right now. We had the event on Saturday and Mm. um, the we designed it to basically like Get everybody out of their social comfort zone Mm -hmm. and like try to raise people's social stamina because like with social media like we have such low social stamina like we can't handle that like eye contact or we can't handle that conversation with the person we don't know because we're like so scared like that social anxiety that's been building in us is like comes up and so we did Pia and I kinda designed this like this circuit where like you pair up with a random person. It was really fun how <laughs> we came up with the pairing as well. We blindfolded half the And group. the
1: clapping. Yeah, the clapping and we
0: had everybody do different claps across from them. Like their one half was blindfolded, one half was not. And the people who weren't blindfolded were like clapping. And everybody like had a different clap. So like mine was like
1: And some people's were like this. Right. And, and then and then every person had to go like Whoever was attracted like to, the the so to the clap. So
0: then we did yeah. like w- p- one by one, each blindfolded person. We had everybody start like start clapping. Everybody was doing their clap, and we just had the blindfolded person just like walk towards the clap that they were most drawn to, and then that was their partner. You guys was it
2: was kind of <laughs> terrifying, by the way. I really? I just had to, tr- but you led me, so I was like, okay. "Oh yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry, yeah. guys. It we really have no going, should should have like probably a explained.
1: I going. Should have probably explained before. Cat okay. was like, "Hey, um, a lot of people are feeling kind of scared right now. Can you tell us <laughs> what's going on? Oh, we just
0: blindfolded them for no reason
3: i
1: forgot (laughs) forgot to say why i was like dude yeah well anyways
0: so that was why and um so it got randomly paired yeah it was perfect everyone got with someone they didn't know it was kind of crazy actually but Mm -hmm. um so then once they have their partner they get unblindfolded and they sit across from each other and we started it off with the um eye contact I think we had you guys look at each other for like two and a half minutes. It was was a a minute. I wanted to say something about the eye
1: contact. So the reason why I was so adamant on the eye contact not wasn't only just because of like what I noticed about the eye contact with people and how it's like not a lot, but also I I think I read the study after I read this book. It's called um, "The Sun Is Also a Star," I think, and I read it back in high school. But you know, um, when you look at someone's eyes for maybe about four minutes um don't know if i don't remember if that study is like legit but they do say that if you look into someone's eyes for an extended period of time you start to feel love and it doesn't have to be romantic you just feel love for the person so um that's kind of like where i was yeah. aiming towards towards yeah. that i don't think you knew that no I didn't. Eyes I thought was like great, what yeah. do
3: they say eyes are the window, window to, to the, the soul. soul so <laughs> yeah. that makes sense you know
0: yeah. yeah and then so after the eye contact um we had everybody uh was it hug
1: it was hug some people hugged for a longer hug. it was interesting yeah Yeah, so we had everybody
0: just like give everybody a deep hug and there were some people who hugged for like minutes and then there were some people who gave a good hug and then stopped and then we basically our plan well our plan was to just like make everybody talk but then everybody just started talking Mm -hmm. and everybody just started having conversation with the person they had just literally been connected to physically and like energetically and so we were just like yeah and so we said because our initial plan was to be like okay now talk for 15 minutes and then we didn't even have to say that everybody just started yeah. talking connecting so it just felt like, okay. so
3: like natural at that point because yeah. we had already had this like eye contact and i think that was after we had written the letters as well <laughs> the letters or was that was, yeah. okay mm-hmm. letters was so the then yeah time. it was like the eye contact i really felt like i didn't know my partner at all and like after the eye contact i was like okay like I don't know. There was just something there between us that mm-hmm. I was like, I feel way more comfortable talking wow. to you now. Human connection. This <laughs> reminds me of actually
1: the book, The Celestine Prophecy. If you haven't read it, it's great. But um, Like, like The Alchemist? Kind of. Just a little bit different. But imagine if everybody approached people that way. If, you know, we wouldn't just like run past the street, but like we kind of like took our time. And like if we saw somebody and we kind of like made eye contact, then like we'd take a second and like actually look at each other for a while before even speaking. Or when you do that with your friend or your lover, your parents, like anybody, mm. your teacher. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> weird. But, like, <laughs> uh, you know, like just making this eye contact before you even speak, then you kind of get to tap in to the energy, yeah. seeing where they're at, seeing where you're at and like just feeling what's going on. And like just how you said it, it just feels so natural. But I feel like there would be such a change and a difference in the way that people interact and the way that people understand interaction because it's not just like physical, social. Mm -hmm. It's like this also energetic thing. And that would really... I'm just making this realization. I think it would make a really big change in our world if we kind of approach life like that. For Sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, but also like about the eye contact, like... You can't hold like deep eye contact with someone like that for like two or three minutes and then just like walk away. Yeah, like, no, that, you just <laughs> that just seems so like who's <laughs> just gonna do that? Who's just gonna be like okay, cool, like I'll see you later. That's like, not gonna <laughs> happen. I mean, yeah, you just you I don't get know. connected by yeah. force.
0: Yeah, like, literally, like. like that was kind of like our whole intention. Like I said, was just like get out of the comfort zone, experience something you would never experience in the okay. Well, I was gonna say in the wasteland because this is like. Language that I, um, this is actually what my Pichaca was about. It was kind of centered around this analogy and it was what I was going to say earlier, um, mm. which is, so imagine there is a savanna and on the savannah, there's like a herd of antelope and they're like roaming and grazing across the savannah and they're by roaming for food. And, you know, like they are contributing to the ecosystem of that savannah, right? Because they have to roam and, get food and go interact and then meet this pack and stick together and all this stuff and, um, and then find a mate or whatever. Now imagine someone introduced like feed bins on the Savannah filled with like cornmeal. So then the antelope would just stay near the bins to eat because you know, like sure they like to graze, but like really the whole reason they're grazing is to eat. And so if the food is right there, of course, like evolution, they're going to be like, well, let's just eat the food. And the antelope stay near the bins, and then slowly, like the ecosystem would die, oh, and gosh. then it would collapse into like an unrecognizable, completely different wasteland of an ecosystem. There would be no ecosystem left because nothing is contributing to the ecosystem. So, that's basically how I describe what has happened and what we are experiencing in our generation versus what our parents experienced in their generation because our parents grew up in the you know, 70s, 80s, 90s um, where there were no phones and everybody was forced to talk and connect. It was like, well, everything was reconnect. Everything was this energy, was just constantly present because there was nothing else. Mm -hmm. And after phones were invented, it was basically like, and social media specifically, it was basically like a feed bin for your social itch, your your socialization itch where every single kid, every single person wants to connect with someone else. And, and on top of that, it's all mer- merged in with this dopamine releasing entertainment and all that stuff, too. But it's like all of this, like wanting to prove yourself socially, wanting to look cool, wanting to, you know, connect with others. Like it's all put into this bite sized you know, junk food, basically, where you don't have to roam. You don't have to go contribute to some ecosystem. You just basically get it from your back, your back pocket. And um, it's created this wasteland of social connection.
3: Yeah. And on the topic of our parents, I remember when I was younger and like I'd go to the grocery store with my mom. My mom is a very talkative person. She's very social. And as like when I was younger, I was always so embarrassed by that because like she would chat up the person next to her in the (laughs) grocery store. And from my perspective, like, growing up, I always assumed that, like, you know, people didn't want to be talked to, you know, people wanted to remain in their personal bubble, you know, people didn't want to be bothered, in a sense. And just watching her always do that as, like, we were growing up, um, it just kind of showed me, because, like, afterwards, the people would be, like, very friendly, and, like, they were almost glad that, like, she was talking to them, so that just kind of showed me that, like, it might not seem like people don't want to have that connection with you, but nine times out of 10, they do. And it yep. just needs that un, like initial push. So you know? true. Yeah, actually, go ahead. I just
1: want to say your brains are beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to dip. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. I love the discussion in the brains. Thank you, Pia. Yes, Thank
0: you're you, you. are. Okay, I'm going to switch seats with you as well.
1: Didn't yeah. mean to stop on your point. <laughs>
0: Hello, hello. Um, there was this one time that Zaria, after one of the Reconnect events, um, was going to the C store, and or er, the the CC or not not the CC the um, Lakeside, and um, the whole like a big group of people from the Biopia. Pia. yeah! Mm-hmm. So um, there was a big group of people that had come from the Reconnect event and gone to Lakeside to go eat, and then. She was kind of, like, walking by, and they were doing their own thing, and she said that in her mind she, like, assumed that, I don't know, that, like, her her brain started telling her, like, th- that they didn't want to talk to her, and that, like, she couldn't go up to them and ask to talk to them. And then she was, like, saying that, saying that, and then she was, like, all right, whatever, like, I'm going to just go do it. And then she did it. And then they t- hung out for, like, hours, and they, like, talked and had great conversations, and it was, like, it just shows that, like, a lot of that is just beneath the surface, yeah. like, you know, we're getting tricked by our social anxiety, and, like, you know, living in the wastelands of the environment that doesn't breathe.
2: Yeah, and, like, a lot of times, like, I don't know, now that, like, because I've, you know, been reconnecting, and thinking more about, like, my, I don't know, human connections and everything, like, I just, I don't know, I've always kind of enjoyed just, like, talking to random people, and I was just thinking about, like, this time, I was outside of, like, I don't even know, I was, like, at the, at this mall in Jacksonville, like, and it's all outside, and there's like a, it was like a DSW. Like I walked outside, I was waiting for my mom to pick <laughs> me up or something, and there was this just like really, it was, she was like really old. Okay, this is a really old lady, and I don't know where she's from, but anyway, so she just seemed like really sad, and I don't know how we started talking, but I was sitting there, and we ended up talking for like thirty minutes or an hour with this random lady who barely spoke English, and she's like. 110 and we were Whoa. just okay well i don't know about that but, <laughs> <She's old. laughs> but she was old and and we were just like getting along and she was like my new best friend and i was like this girl is really cool like and it was just and i never saw <laughs> her this again after girl. that like <laughs> i don't know but i was yeah. just like i just enjoyed that so much and i was like why don't people just like talk to people like even if it's just for like you know 10 minutes 30 minutes an hour like this random person i just had like a great conversation with we connected about so much random stuff like It was just, it was so cool, and I think about that a lot now recently with, like, the human connection and everything, and I don't know. It was just really cool.
0: I mean, I think, to be honest, it's, like, we, since we're so used to, like, you know, getting all that out of, like, a feed bin in our pocket, it's, like, going out and grazing, like, is almost, like, scary and, like, creates, like, fear because it's, like, oh, my God, I have to go out there. Like, what if they don't, what if they don't like me? Or, like, what if I can't find food or whatever? You know, it's kind of, like, it creates, like, well you know, I'm just going to stay here and do my own thing, you know, because it's like and it, it creates this like unspoken barrier between everybody. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's just like important to weigh like the negative or positive aspect of the experience, because like a lot of the time we get in our heads, they're like, oh, they're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm this. And it's like if they do think that, okay, cool, they're lame, whatever. But if they don't, it's like you have this amazing experience and that outweighs any kind of like negative aspect of that situation, you know?
0: Right. It just takes like, you know, traits and things and skills that are kind of like outdated and uncommon now, which is like, you know, confidence, conversational, being a conversationalist, like being able to talk to people, being able to, you know, be able to push past that barrier and even if someone is judging you initially be like dude come on like what's up like let's talk (laughs) let's have a good time let's do something weird let's hang out you know and like i think that the default now is like who is this, well, who is this guy?
3: Yeah, and I think confidence is a really, like, big thing that plays into that, and I think that our confidence is being affected by social media because of, like, we're shown, like, this is what you need to look like, and this is what you need to be doing, and this is how you need to behave, and so if you're not anything close to that, of course, your confidence is going to be depleted, and so that really affects how you carry yourself in your everyday life, and how you interact with people. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and, like, i don't know alex you've taught me a lot about confidence honestly <laughs> <laughs> because you, i mean she's just always like really confident and, like sure about herself and like well acts like it, it's least. an and act <laughs> and, yeah. Like, well sometimes
0: you gotta fake it till you it, make exactly, it and that's part of it
2: exactly but like i really like i everyone just seems so like drawn and everything and like really it taught me like you, if you don't care what other people think, like if you're not so consumed by that, like you can have such a better time. Like you can have meet yep. so many more people. You can yep. talk to so many more people. Like it's just the, honestly that in itself is so freeing because like, if you just have the confidence or don't even have the confidence, but it's like you let go of that, like not shame, but like, I I don't even know what the term is, but you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Social anxiety. Like, yeah. Social like anxiety. The, yeah. If you just like let go of that, like, Oh, what are they going to think? What are they going to do? Like this person judging me, this person judging me, like, Then you're not so focused on that if you're just like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna do this because I want to do this. If it doesn't work out, whatever, I'll move on. I'll live. Like this person doesn't even, probably isn't even real. Like I'm so honored to hear
3: (laughs) that. (laughs) that's very validating and I think that we're like because we are ourselves you know no one sees us as closely as we see ourselves so I think that also plays into a big part of like insecurity and like lack of confidence but like once you realize that like people are kind of consumed with themselves you know because it's their own life and so they're not you're not on that pedestal that you think you are you know and social media places you on that pedestal because it's your social media you know and it's like that's not real in real life. So I think it's just important to remember that and at the end of the day nothing is that serious. So. Yep. So yeah, true. That's, that's
0: really true. But like the thing the concept of like nothing is that serious is way blown out of proportion on social media because like something that actually wouldn't have been that serious, let's say like if you're in high school like the 80s or 90s like you know something embarrassing happens like you know it maybe you'll get a goofy nickname or something or like someone will remember that or you'll get called back to that. But it's not like it's going to exist forever for everybody to look at whenever they want in a phys- like in a photo image mm-hmm, version yeah. of like the most embarrassing moment that you might have had. Like it really does make it a big deal because like it's like literally every teenager's worst nightmare, like having some kind of thing or like, you know, some like thing happening where let's say you make a mistake and you say something that's like not socially acceptable or something and now you're like canceled by everybody because everybody's seen you and they just written you off because of something they saw on social media
2: yeah i mean honestly and like the fear of like everyone has these like phones like on them they could take a picture they could live stream they could do whatever (laughs) with you i don't know and so it's like i feel like that too like just that fear of like the possibility of someone making you know it go public or whatever like I feel like that's also, like, a fear, but I feel like it's more so just, like, this deep insecurity that we all feel because of, like, the social standards and the social, like, the beauty standards and everything that are just perpetuated from Mm -hmm. this, like, I don't know, just from social media and everything.
3: Yeah, it almost feels like we're under, like, surveillance all the time, because, like, sometimes I'll even just, like, be in my car, like, trying to chill And, like, I'll get into the music. And I've, like, seen videos on TikTok of, like, people recording people from, like, other cars. And they're, like, doing weird stuff in their car. I've just, like, seen videos of, like, people recording people doing weird stuff in public. And, like, sometimes I get that fear. I'm, like, I don't want to be the next, like, viral thing on TikTok. So, it's, like, that, like, that is, like, ingrained in my brain of, like, trying to behave in a way that's, like, proper and, like, socially acceptable all the time, even when I'm alone, you know? Damn.
0: That's so sad, too, because, like, then now this environment of constantly being filmed, constantly being not just filmed, posted for possibly millions of people. It's, like, that is actually completely hurting and, like, turning off your own social expression yeah. or your own personal expression and, like, th- the expression of, oh, <laughs> Shoot. sorry, I just pulled your podcast more, but, um, like... Because of this fear of whether it's like you might not want to go on an adventure to Mead Gardens or something, because like what if there's a security camera or something like that? Or you might not want to go do this like, you know, adventurous thing because of of that. Or maybe you like, you know, let's say you're in middle school and you want to go ding dong ditch some people or something because you're feeling mischievous, (laughs) but everybody has a ring camera, so you can't even do that. It's like everybody is basically because of this looming fear of being filmed and being posted and having everyone have a phone and a picture. There's so much less freedom for everybody, and so much less like abilities to just like do whatever. Yeah. yeah.
3: No. yeah. I go on next door sometimes when I'm bored because it's just a <laughs> <as> good. <laughs> like it's just my source of like i don't know entertainment like the stuff that's on <laughs> in there is just batshit crazy but like i'll see people uploading like ring cameras and the guy will just be like walking and they're like there's a suspicious person in the neighborhood like i've alerted the authorities and it's like a guy walking i'm like no "Please way. get like a hobby or something like why are you watching your ring camera it's just like insane i just i don't understand it
0: not gonna lie i kind of um <coughs> contributed to that issue I would say in high school <laughs> me and my bro- me and my friend uh, I won't say names but there was this uh you know what are the odds um oh, yeah. we were like walking home to my apartment and um like there was a, a house like, right across the street from like the entrance to my apartment building and we like clearly saw a ring and we were walking up like we were about to go into my apartment complex and he was like dude what are the odds that you like Go up to the ring doorbell and like pull down your pants and like put your <laughs> asshole on the ring doorbell. Oh, oh my god! And oh my god. Uh, and so the way that we play, what, what, what the are the odds? odds? <laughs> well, it was one in ten. And but the way that we play, what are the odds? Is like if you if I say five and you say five, so like like one two three, we both say five. Like I don't do it because it added up to the odds. So like five and five makes ten. The person who asked has to do it. So it adds a risk for the person asking the person like the what are the odds. So like it could go either way. So like I think I said three, he said seven. And so he had to do it. Yeah. And so he um he it was like, dude, it's one of the odds I have to do it. And so he literally <laughs> it's like went a up. suction cup on the <laughs> drink it was camp.
3: So <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> it was
0: literally so funny. And it, dude, so he went and he did it. It was hilarious. We ran away, whatever. And then literally our friend, we had this big group chat with all of our friends. And our friend was in the like living room. With her mom the next day, and her mom was on next door because she lives in the same neighborhood. And they had posted it to next door, and we have the video. It's gold, literally him like oh like God. backing up backwards like up to the ring doorbell, putting it on. They're just like absolutely bolting out just like, naked. It's so funny. And, um, and so, but it's kind of like, I mean, that was a good example of like, you know, (laughs) we don't even care if there's thing going but still you have to cover his face and stuff. And then we, we ended up having it be like a total joke in our friend group. And like, we called him like the bare ass bandit. (laughs) And then, um, and then we like went back (laughs) like a year later and I took a Sharpie and wrote bare ass bandit on his ass. (laughs) <laughs> and then he did it again. And we were no, hoping they would
3: a repeat <laughs> offense Yeah, dude, literally. We were
0: hoping that they would put the one with the bare ass bandit written on his butt on the on like next on next door. <laughs> they didn't do it. But um <laughs> Yeah, so um that's kinda like just doing it because you like, you know, you're not supposed to. It's kind of like almost like the extra because,
3: yeah, it's like because you know they're gonna be like on next door and stuff. So it's like, that's why you do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: right? we do it if so they know if that they're yeah. gonna see it.
3: Like, if they were to just watch the video and be like, oh, sick, and then like not do anything with it, it wouldn't have been as like gratifying as yeah. seeing the bare ass bandit on next door.
0: Yeah, it's like the <laughs> difference between like, like graffitiing something, like, or, or like just painting on your. On canvas in your house. It's like graffitiing something is like it's illegal and yeah. you're like, it's like this whole thing It's like someone's gonna look at it or someone might like not like it or yeah, something and so like it like creates real. this added intrigue But um, yeah, man, it kind of sucks I used to be really bummed about how like we're all constantly monitored and we can't just like do our own thing like specifically at like a party I don't know if you guys ex- parties in high school could get pretty weird because like no one would be doing anything. Everyone's, like, separate, separated in different corners of the house on their phones or whatever. Maybe maybe not, but, like... And then the second, like, someone pulls out Snapchat to take a video, it's everybody's like, like, let's go! Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. this is so lit! Like, we're having so and much fun! Crickets, and definitely. it literally. And then it goes back to the weirdo, like, yeah. you know, yeah. dynamic. And uh, I just thought it was kind of sad that, like, the second you try to express yourself, the second you try to dance like you were in your car, like, someone films you, because they want it to look cool in their story and they're, they're like, you know, that they went to a party. But then it's like, dude, I can't just like have fun at this party yeah. because I'm going to get filmed and posted and I don't want that. I just want to yeah. dance and mm-hmm. like be in the moment. But it's like it's completely inhibited.
2: Yeah, I feel like people, I don't know, they let just let it like hold them back so much. But honestly, like you, like, I don't know. I don't think it's like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Go, Go ahead. Good point. Don't be
0: afraid to like oppose what I'm saying, either, or oppose or present an alternate oh, no, no, no. opinion. I am
2: trying to. I literally just forgot what I was oh, saying. Oh, okay. Because like, anyway.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, I just would. Do, do you have something? I didn't
3: know. I'm chilling.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, like, you know, there is. It's a multifaceted conversation. There's pros and cons of social media, and um, you know. Just because of, you know, I'm the reconnect guy doesn't necessarily mean like you can't say that there's good things about social media or there's another side to it. I
3: think there definitely are some incredible things with social media, like not like it is a hindrance to like in real life communication, but there is so much positive communication that goes on the Internet. And I've just heard like so many people being able to feel reassured and not only like with their identity but they're shown like people from all over the world that are like experiencing the same things as them or have the same interests as them so i think that's a great aspect of social media i just think there needs to definitely be a balance just as anything else in the world yeah
2: yeah i mean yeah obviously there's a bunch of like great things that can happen because of social media but it's just having that balance and like realizing that the relationship we now most have with it is like so toxic that we just need to like rethink that relationship and like think about how we can you know sustainably live with social media and like or like go on and like actually have like a healthy you know communities and healthy (coughs) mental health and healthy everything with having this you know i just think it's that relationship that we really gotta yeah
0: and it's also like it's not all on us because like it's it's not just a tool sitting in your pocket waiting for you to use it. It is that supercomputer trying to get you to have a toxic relationship with it. So it's like there needs to be reform in a lot of different places, but the awareness is definitely key. Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a <laughs> wrap. I mean
3: that's all, folks.
0: We had some really yeah. cool points we touched on, really cool conversations. It's sad that um had Pia had to go. But um uh yeah.
3: Yeah, thank you for having us on. Yes, thank yeah, of you. course. It's it's cool.
0: Yeah, thanks Thanks for bringing, like, your authentic beliefs and, like, opinions and conversation and your authentic selves to this because that's kind of what you need to do it.
1: Always, yeah. yeah for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Shh>. Cut. Cut. <laughs>